Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. So you can walk confidently in your purpose. You can walk confidently in your purpose. The two Marys, the two women who came to the garden, they were just expecting to visit the grave of their dead friend, their dead teacher, the one they had given their life to follow. But suddenly, they don't find Jesus there, do they? They find an angel. They find that they're not only going to, they're not going to be there to anoint the body. They're not going to be there to lay flowers on the grave or whatever they did then. They are going to be given an assignment, a purpose, a calling. These two women were to go and tell the rest of the disciples, Jesus is now alive. Don't scatter. Don't hide in fear. He's alive. Go gather up, he's coming to meet you. These women are often called in the church the apostles to the apostles. They were the first ones ever sent to tell the good news of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Now, I don't know, again, my history majors in the room. If you know anything about this situation, this was a bad PR move for the early church because women were not considered witnesses that were credible in that day. So to have two women be, wait, 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 they're the ones who told everyone about this? Very suspicious. Very suspicious to the ancient world. But here God says, oh, no, 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 I want you to do this. You are qualified. I've called you to this. This is the purpose I've assigned you to, and I want you to go and tell everyone. And they didn't ask whether they were qualified. They didn't ask if they could get more training first so they could have the right things to say. They just knew what mattered. Jesus was alive, and that meant that nothing was wasted. They didn't have to live in their own fear anymore. They didn't have to live in the fear of what anyone thought of them. And they could confidently walk in the purpose that they had been given in that moment. Maybe you're here this morning, and and you're thinking, I don't even know if I'm qualified to sit in a chair in a church building right now. Maybe you're saying, I've got so much going on in my life that I don't think I'm qualified for. I think I'm underqualified as a parent, underqualified as a spouse to my husband or my wife. I I, I think I'm unqualified in my job. I think I'm unqualified to be a good father, a good husband, a, a good mom, a good dad, a good son, a good daughter, whatever the situations you are in. But I want you to know today that God has put you in the places that you are in, not by accident but he has put you there with a purpose and he wants you to walk confidently in that purpose. And because nothing is wasted, even the times where you trip over yourself and you trip over your words and you fail and you don't do the assignment perfectly, he's saying, good news, I still want you to do it. And nothing's wasted, even your attempts at doing it well. And he wants you to walk confidently in your purpose. He doesn't want you to be afraid. He doesn't want you to live apologetically about your purpose. He wants you to walk confidently in the purpose. Here's here's the difference. Not a purpose that you think you have, but the purpose that he has given you. Because you can never waste that purpose. Because Jesus is alive in him, nothing is wasted. So you can walk confidently in your purpose. And finally, 
In Jesus, nothing is wasted. So you can worship him without holding back. You can worship him without holding back. The women ran from the tomb to carry out their purpose. And Jesus greets them. Now there's a little bit of biblical humor here. The the original Greek language that the New Testament was written in. uh, This is just like Jesus going like, oh, hey. Like super casual. Like, hey, I haven't seen you in a couple days. How's it going? Hey? Do you know what we've been through the last 36 hours? Are you kidding me right now? Hey? They'd be like, what's up? You guys doing anything later? You want to grab something to eat? Like, Jesus, if you hadn't already risen from the dead. But for real, it's a little bit of humor. He's just like, hey. And they're so overcome with relief and joy and worship that they run to him and they throw themselves down on the ground and they grab his feet and they worship him, implying that Jesus is God. He is God. Their response is total abandon. Total abandon. It doesn't matter what's happened before. It doesn't matter how they've tripped up in the past. It doesn't matter what fear held them back previously. It doesn't matter what's been happening with their purpose. They threw themselves into complete abandon and worship. Worship is simply this. It's complete abandon and passion for Jesus with no other options. A lot of us like to live and we hedge our bets, right? We, we hedge our bets. Well, if this doesn't work out, I got this like side thing. What we're saying is worship of Jesus means you lay down any other option. It's you or there's nothing. And like everyone knows that I love to say, it's either this or we just all go to brunch. Easter brunch is really good, guys. It's tasty. It's either Jesus is everything and will satisfy us and fulfill us or there's no point. They had laid it all down, and worship is also this. Worship is complete trust in him. And when you do those first two, that's really where you're trusting. Okay, I got no other options. You're the only one that can turn this into something good. I trust you. This is where they're at. Now, maybe you're like me. You're a bit of the cynical type. You ask a lot of questions. You philosophize a little bit. You want the cold, hard facts. And if I don't see it, you'll meet me at brunch. I got two in today, guys. Two brunch references. Are you proud of me? They make fun of me for it. So So if you're cynical like me, you're kind of like, just the facts. Okay, come on. Tell me what's really going on. Let's lift up the hood. What's really happening here? So you're either coming with, with that when it comes to worship of Jesus and totally abandoning to him and having complete trust in him, or you've got that and probably a mix of, of the two. Uh, the other one is, is you've had so many bad experiences or you've had such tragedy in your life that you just straight up blame God for everything that's happening. You either say, God, you're either cruel because you are, you are there and you are doing things in the world, but you're either cruel because you let this all happen or you just don't exist. And what we do is, is we allow our bitterness to keep distance between us and God. We let our bad experiences, we let our fear, our I'll never do that again, get in between us and God. 
You know, it's the same with God as any relationship, because all he really wants is a real relationship with you. It's the same with any relationship. If, if, um, if, if I was bitter towards someone, you know, the old saying, bitterness is swallowing poison and hoping it hurts someone else. See, bitterness towards God, blaming God, really is actually about the stuff that needs to be removed from you. God's right there. He still loves you. He hasn't walked away. He's not offended by the bitterness. What actually you need to do in that moment, and here's the breakthrough that happens in, in my life whenever I do this, is I bring my pain, I bring my disappointment, I bring my bitterness, I bring my cynicism, and I actually come and lay it down to Jesus and be like, this is all I got right now. And he accepts that as worship. You read through the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. You go through and you go, this, these guys were depressed. This is like, there's nothing hopeful about this. But it was real worship. It was authentic. It was an offering directed to God. And you know what began to happen in those Psalms and, and in all worshipers of Jesus in all times when we offer Jesus what we have, even if it's our blame, even if it's our cynicism, even if it's our past disappointments, our fear, our I don't know if I'm qualified for this, we bring it to him and he begins to do a transforming work in us. So here's, here's the reality here. Jesus didn't promise that there would not be any pain in this life. The realists in the room are like, yeah, there's always going to be problems. There wouldn't be any pain. He didn't promise that this life would be uh, disappointment-free. But he did promise that nothing you walk through will ever be wasted. Nothing will be wasted. Nothing. Everything will have a purpose somehow shaped out of it that we do not fully understand. Now, I think it's really a jerk move when someone has something tragic happen to just go, well, you know, God has a plan. Just sit with them in their grief for a minute. That's a side note, pastoral comment. You don't have to try and, yeah, God does have a plan, but just sit with them in their grief in the moment, okay? Um, do that. But, but the reality is at the end of the day, when you process the grief, when you process the pain, you begin to see gold come out of your life. You have a, a level of peace and trust and love and patience that wasn't there before. Your ability to meet people and minister to them and love on them when they're in painful situations increases dramatically because you've been there. What a gift to someone who's going through tragedy and has someone who's navigated that full of the peace and patience and love of God and they just sit with you in that. What a gift. So Jesus is standing before you saying nothing's going to be wasted, standing before you and I saying, hey, how's it going? What will your response be? What will your response to him be today? Does fear rise up in you? What about all my other options? I'm hedging my bets. I don't know about this purpose thing that you've called me to, Jesus. What's your response? Jesus, I love this. The women are in worship before him. Same for us when we come to worship before him. Jesus repeats the two things the angel said to the woman. Don't be afraid. Go and tell the others. Now, this is so powerful and so important for us. Remember how I talked about how the more you, become, the more you fear, the more you naturally feel fear and become afraid? So you can choose one of two options. Here's what the option looks like. When, when you're choosing into fear. You can fear, and then you can doubt your purpose. Your world shrinks, right? Because you're doing a lot of I have never. And, and then it leads to more fear because you failed again. 
And then you have this fear cycle that just keeps going over and over and over and over. And you go into this fear spiral. On the other side, you've got this option of coming to Jesus in worship. Bring all your blame. Bring all your bitterness. He's a big boy. He can handle it. Trust me. Bring everything to him. Bring your brutal honesty. Bring him every secret you've never told anyone. Bring everything to him. And allow him to begin to do a work in you. Because what happens in that moment of worship, in that place of worship before him, is he says to you, don't be afraid. Go and tell. He, he cleanses you of fear. He frees you from fear in the place of worship. And then he sends you into the purpose. So you see, as opposed to the fear spiral, which just keeps getting more and more down in the dumps and afraid of things, you go into this worship cycle where you worship and God frees you from fear. You walk in your purpose like never before. That excites you. You come back to God in praise and worship. He frees you from more fear. You walk in your purpose in an even greater way that you never thought possible. And you see how this just keeps going on and on. And that's possible because he was raised from the dead to prove once and for all that in Jesus, nothing is wasted in your life. Nothing needs to be wasted because Jesus is risen from the dead. Nothing is wasted and you don't have to fear. Nothing is wasted and you can walk confidently in your purpose. Nothing is wasted and you can worship him without holding back. I want to invite the worship team to come up. We're going to close and take communion together. If you are given your communion elements, if you need one, just put your hand up. Our our connector team will make sure you get communion. But I just want to close with this thought as we get ready to take communion. I wonder if Charles Adams ever got a different perspective on spending time with his son. I wonder. It would be a tragedy if he didn't, wouldn't it? You know, it doesn't have to be that way for you and me. We can look back on our life and we can see failure, we can see disappointment, we can see tragedy. We can see, why did I bother? What a waste. Or we can have a new perspective because in Jesus, nothing in your life is wasted. That's good news for you today. That's good news. Maybe that's the first time you've heard that news and Jesus is just saying, I'm here. Man, we can work together, walk together, and redeem everything in your life. I'm here for you. This church community would love to be here for you. If you're looking for a church home, you're welcome to join us on this journey of redemption, of seeing Jesus undo and heal and restore and be agents of change right here in West Milford to help heal and restore our community. That's what Jesus has every one of you here today. He wants you to be a part of that. So as we close our Easter service, I want you to take the bread here with me. Remember that in Jesus' body, he carried our sins, he carried our disappointment, he carried our pain. Look at this bread, little wafer thing. 
Look at this, remembering Jesus' body, and I want you to picture every disappointment, every loss, every grief, every pain, everything, every wrong you've done, every secret thing you've never told anyone. Look to his body and see that everything in your life he carried in his body when he died on that cross. Take it. And then look at this cup. The cup symbolizes Jesus' blood. His blood shed for you and I. Poured out, spilled so that you could be cleansed. Washed clean of all the effects of sin and brokenness. And because he is risen, all of those things anything you can think of can be redeemed in him and nothing is wasted. Let's drink together. It was great having you with us today. We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. For more sermons and resources, please visit us at theplantchurch.org.